You ready? Well, I'm going to get started. I'm going to talk about fatherhood. Next week's Father's Day, but I know y'all won't let me get through a whole message, so I'm starting on it today. Beat you, huh? I'll get some of it today and some of it next week. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, sir. Before I do, there's a word, you know, was talking about the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Says in, there's a, this one of my favorite verses, Habakkuk, verse 17, 18 through 19 says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither be there fruit on the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord my God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hind's feet and will make me to walk upon high places. Where? High places. To the chief singer of my stringed instruments. See, the garment of praise for the what? So that spirit of heaviness can hit the door. Yes. Hit the door. But see, God has given us the oil of joy and gladness for the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Yes, sir. And sometimes that's all you have to hold on. But I'm telling you, it's enough. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk about fatherhood. Y'all got me so shook up, I don't even know where I was supposed to go. It's okay. I'll find it. Oh, I know where it's going. <clears throat> Father, thank you, Lord. We bless you and thank you, Lord. You know, the fact above all other facts in the Bible is that God created the universe as a father. He left his father imprint on everything in the creation. Everything. He was a father first before he was a creator. The Apostle Paul wrote, I bow my knees. This Ephesians 3, if you want to look at here in verse 17. He's talking about in Ephesians 3, and he's talking about 3, 14, 15 is what it said. He says, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you, being rooted and grounded in God's love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of the God, of the Father God. See, that's what's amazing is that every fatherhood didn't come. I didn't hear. said fatherhood didn't come from the heaven or the earth. It came from God before the heavens and the earth were even created. Fatherhood came from God. There is no father apart from God. He's the father of all fathers. We get fatherhood from our father. And, you know, that's what we got to look at first when we start looking at the father is, is God our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the whole heaven. The word translated family is patria, which is derived from pater, which means father in the Greek. The best translations will be, I bow my knee to the father for whom every fatherhood in heaven and earth derives its name. What a remarkable fact. All fatherhood is in the hands of God and begins not on earth or heaven, but in the the fatherhood of God. 
is where all fatherhood comes from. When he said, be fruitful and multiply as a father. So we see fatherhood is, that's the ultimate purpose, and we'll see that in, in a little bit. First John 1, 3, he says, he says, I pray that you may have fellowship with us, John did, and truly our fellowship is with the Father. Where? And with his Son. The Father and his Son, that was God's purpose. In 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 1, 9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into, say into, the fellowship of his dear Son. And see, when you see the dear son, you see the father. Jesus taught that all the way through the New Testament. You've seen me, you've seen my father. And that's why Jesus came, to show us the father. Amen. All goes back to that. You know, when Jesus said in John 6:44, he says, No one can come to me except the father draw him to me. And Jesus said, All father that you've given me have come to me. And they were yours, John 17. But you have given them to me, Father. And we'll look at that in a little bit. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is described in such many parts of the Bible. The intimate personal relationship between the Father and His Son existed before creation ever began. Amen. Isn't that good? John 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The fact reveals something unique and special about the nature of God. In God, there was not only a fatherhood, but a relationship in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all things were created by Him, and without Him was not anything created that was created. So Jesus came to reveal the fatherhood of God. Matthew 5, when Jesus said, Love your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? That you may be. A child of your father who is in heaven. You see? You know, Jesus referred to the scribes and Pharisees. He said, you're your father the devil. And the works of your father he'll do. But how many times did Jesus talk in the Sermon on the Mount about your father? Your father. See, he was speaking that in faith of what's coming. Your father who art in heaven. Say, our father who art in heaven. Why did he say that? Why did he say to the disciples, pray this, our father who art in heaven? Because Jesus said, all you've given me, they were yours. See, they were the, the apostles that followed Jesus was his from the foundation of the world. They didn't have to wait to be redeemed. They were already redeemed because those that you, that's yours you gave me. Now, that'll blow your mind, but go ahead and get it blown and let's go on. They were already his. Say, our fatherhood, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And, and he said, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive. Ooh, come on now. That wasn't the law. I'm sure they got bent out of shape over that. Amen. But be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. You know what it really means in the Greek? You are perfect because your Father is perfect. And you're in union with him that is perfect. So that makes you what? Perfect. 1 John 4.16 reveals another fact about God's eternal nature. God is love. Amen. And in him is no fear at all. It says here, God is love. If we put this fact together with that of the fatherhood of God, we arrive at the most wonderful conclusion. God, as a father, created the universe in his love for us. In countless ways, the universe he created is expression out of the working of his fatherly love and compassion for us. What he created for us. Isn't it amazing? All creation responds to the father's love. 
What is amazing, says the moon marks off the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. Psalms 104, 19. The stars answer to their name when God calls them. He counts the number of the stars and he calls them by name. Catch that. That's why all creation is groaning and travailing in pain, waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God so the earth can be redeemed from the corruption that man created. It's calling out to God to, for, to be recreated. Isn't it exciting to think that each one of the billions of stars in the universe, God knows them individually by name? That's who you're in union with. That's the mind that you have in you. No matter how turbulent the elements appear at times around you and everything looks pretty glim and doomy. All the turbulence says they all obey their creator. When Jesus said, peace be still. Fire and hail, snow, clouds, winds, fulfilling his word. Psalms 148.8. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. Are you with me? Psalms 104.21. Everything in the sea, both small and great, all wait upon you, Father, that you may give them their meat in due season. Psalms 104.25-27. Concerning the birds of the air, what did Jesus tell you? Your heavenly Father feeds them. Fear not. It's, aren't you not more valuable than, than birds? He feeds them. And he says, and not one of them falls without your heavenly father knowing it. Luke twelve six. He says, Are not five sparrows sold for a farthing? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Even the ver- very hairs of our head are numbered. It doesn't take them as long to count mine and yours as it does others. <laughs> but they're still numbered. God knows how many there are. Is that incredible? Oh, thank you, Lord. How great is our Heavenly Father. All creation is looking to God to be delivered from corruption. There is nothing God has created, in fact, <clears throat> which is not in, he's not intimately concerned about. Even the sparrows that fall. Your Heavenly Father created every one of them. And all of them responds to God. There is nothing that God has created which is, he's not concerned. Dwight Moody said the day after he was saved, I remember the morning when I came out of my room after I trusted Christ. I thought the sun shone brighter. Remember what he said a while ago? I thought the sun shone brighter than ever before. I thought it was just smiling upon me as I walked upon the streets. I heard the birds singing in the trees, and I thought they were all singing a song to me. Do you know I fell in love with the birds? I'd never cared for them before. It seemed to me that I was in love with all creation. Why? Because the union that he had. I remember Garland Solomon telling us a story about when he got saved, his wife had a little dog, and every time he'd come in, the dog would start barking at him, he'd kick him off, and the dog just wouldn't have nothing to do with him. And the day he got saved, he'd come in and sit down in his, his recliner, and the dog jumped in his lap. The dog knew something that's happening. See, they knew. He, he said he just liked to floor him. The dog jumped in his lap. That's our Heavenly Father. All creation, I think, sometimes knows better than we do. Uh, the Father in His union, let Him see the world through the fathomless. See, God talking about Moody. God in the union, let Him see the world through His loving eyes of the Creator. 
Satan, demons, and all fallen humanity are blinded to God's creation. You know what? Matthew 6, 8 says, your heavenly father knows what you have need of before you ask. Do you think that he doesn't know what's going on around us? He does. He knows. Jesus was sent by the father to accomplish two purposes. First, to pay the penalty for our sins that we might be forgiven in exchange to him. Second, to reveal God as our father. To make us members of his family. The first purpose looms so large at times throughout our generations that the second seems to be lost in the shadows. The first is important, but should never blind us to the purpose to reveal God as our Father to us and to make us see the union that we have in Him and members of the body of Christ and His family. John chapter 17, when Jesus was praying for His disciples, I want you to see this. I'm getting a good start on next week. So y'all prophesy all you want to. Make my day. <laughs> I like it. Verse 17, John 17, 1 says, The word Jesus spoke and lifted up his voice to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify the Son that the Son may glorify you. As thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you've given him. Now, do you see that? They were already his. Okay. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. Now, I want you to see something in this chapter. If you've got a pen, I want you to mark how many times Jesus said, Father. See, Jesus came. In the Old Testament, they knew him as as Jehovah God, but not his Father. Here comes Jesus to change the name by which he's called. Not Jehovah, but Father. How many of you know there's a difference? Now see, six times in this chapter, he refers to God as Father. We read one in in the first verse. Yeah, Father, the hour's come. Now we go to verse 5. And now, O Father, second time, glorify thou me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the foundation of the world. I have manifested or taken the cover off your name. So what is his name? Father. Father. Thank you, Lord. Which you gave me out of the world. Thine they were, and you gave them me, and they have kept thy word. Whose were they? The fathers. And you gave them to me. Now they have known that all things whatsoever you've given me are of you. For I have given unto them your words, which you gave me, and they have received them, Labano, and have known surely that I came from you, and have believed that you did send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them that you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are thine, and thine is mine, and I am glorified in you. That sounds good, isn't it? And now I'm, I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come, Holy Father, there you go, third time. Keep through your own name those that you have given me, that they may be one union as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those you gave me I have kept, and none is lost but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Did you catch that last part? Scriptures had to be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Say you're not of the world. I'm not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of this world, but that you keep them from evil. 
They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As you have sent me in the world, I have sent them in the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they might be sanctified through your truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which shall believe on me through their word. Say, that's me. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, fourth time, art in me, and I in thee, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Say, I have received his glory. Because you know what? Jesus is his glory. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Christ is the glory of the Father. That they may want be one even as we are. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect. Say, union. In one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. Father, fifth time, I will that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am. They may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. When did God love you? Before the foundation of the world. When did he sanctify and set you apart for his glory? Before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, sixth time, the world hath not known you. But I have known you, and these have known that you've sent me. And I have declared unto them your name. So what is that name? Father. And I will declare it, that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Union. So Jesus came not only to forgive us our our sins, but bring us the revelation of the knowledge of God as our Father. You know, Psalms 2710 says, if your father and your mother forsake you, I'll take you up. God's not like your earthly father. I don't care how good earthly father are are that you can never be as good as he is. He is your heavenly father. And that's why he came to do that. Amen. Got that out of the way. But I thought it's interesting that that's why Jesus came to change the name from just Jehovah to father. I mean, you know, there's a difference. From God, you remember when he told the disciples after the resurrection, he told uh, told uh, Mary to go and tell my disciples that I'm risen, and that I ascend to my Father and your Father. I ascend to my God and your God. See, things have changed now for everybody that calls on the name of the Lord. Not only was he his Father, but he's our Father. Amen. You know what he said in, in John 14? Well, I used that scripture yesterday. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and receive you into myself, that where I am there you may be also. And you know the way. Of course, they didn't. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Amen? Since the Father's house that Jesus has prepared for all of us. Because we're all in one family. The fatherhood of God. Mm. Total dependence on the Father. The ultimate purpose of God is to bring us into his fatherhood as children. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out by Father. You know, that's not in my notes. I wonder where that came from. 
And because you are sons and daughters, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. His spirit bearing witness with your spirit that what? You are children of God. When we talk about the revelation of Jesus Christ, it's a revelation of the Father. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, Thomas, you've seen the Father. And why do you say, show us the Father? I and the Father are one. So that's why Jesus came. <clears throat> but Matthew eleven twenty seven, Jesus said, emphasized that it's only he that can bring revelation to the Father. No man can see the Father except the Son reveal it to him. Amen? That's where the revelation of the Father comes from. The benefits of knowing the Father. I'm going to go a little further. I'm on a roll. Identity. This is one of the biggest problems that the church has is identity. Who am I? I cannot, cannot be answered without knowing who the Father is. You can't know who you are until you know who the Father is. Identity answers that question. You must know who the Father is before you can know who you as a son or daughter are. This is broken down in our generation. Society is suffering from identity crisis. Exchanges or new birth brings you into union with God the Father through Jesus his Son. We all belong to the best family in the universe. Number two, self-worth of another. Living by the self-worth of another. How do you like that? Self-worth has been promoted all these years about your old self. But I got news for you. You got a new self. 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God, and we are. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not. Exchange is the answer for a new identity and new self-worth. Number three, awareness of home in heaven. In my Father's what? House. That's where we're going to go for a while until we come back. We may hang around long enough to just get to stay here for a thousand years. But then we'll have a new heaven and a new earth where indwells righteousness. In Luke 16, it talks about the beggar died and was carried by the angels. Carried by angels. Wasn't just one. You know, he was, he, he, I bet he looked pretty bad. But it says he was given a royal welcome into Abraham's bosom. He was carried by the angels. They had a party when he came in. Why? Because the father was watching. There was a lady dying of cancer. She said, I've never seen an angel. I would love to see one. And she passed away. As she passed away, her, first, her face became radiant with the glory of God. She stretched out her arms and said, I see them. I see the angels. And she was gone. John Wesley once received the word that a sister had passed away. He said, did she go out in glory or only in peace? Did she go out in glory or only in peace? Oh, thank you, Lord. Four, total security. Romans eight thirty eight. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which in Christ Jesus our Lord. Give me an amen. amen. Luke twelve thirty two. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yes. 
It's no longer the kingdom suffer violent and the violent take it by force. No longer. That's under the law. But now it's your Father's good pleasure to give it to you. So just receive the kingdom. The kingdom is within you. You're in union with the King of kings and Lord of lords, which makes the kingdom yours. Fifth thing it does, there's no competitive spirit in the kingdom. Personal ambition of those in ministry who compare themselves with others is gone. The problem is we often make the mistake of equating security with success. If I build the biggest church or have the largest meeting, I'll be secure. I had a pastor we was ministered to one day. He said in his church, he said, I need 20,000 people in my church to get me where I need to be. And I said, are you sure that'll be enough? (laughs) He had an identity problem. If he had 20,000, he'd need 40. If he had 40, he'd need 60,000. Because you know what? That'll never give you your identity. Your identity doesn't come by how many people you have or don't have. Your identity comes because you're a son of God. You've been exchanged into the kingdom. The truth is, the more we aim at personal success, the less secure we become. Say that again. The truth is, the more we aim at personal success, the less secure we become. Your security is not in yourself. Your security is in him. Well, I think I'll stop there. That'll give me something. Y'all may get out early for Father's Day, but I wouldn't plan on it. (laughs) Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We just thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our lives and you're going to do. And we thank you, Lord, for the father of all fathers. And, Lord, we thank you that you've given us as fathers the privilege of, of looking at you as an example of the right kind of father. And, Lord, we ask for your grace and your mercy to help us be the kind of father you'd have us to be. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You are dismissed.